Hi everyone, Greg here. Welcome to the Honest Bicycle Program, Volume 4 for 2018. We've got a great show coming up for you today. Got uh, a little bit of talk about the pro racing, a little bit of talk about our own racing. As always, we're being brought to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network, which is really your source for great cycling-related podcasts, as well as being supported by Health IQ, a life insurance agency. So look forward to hearing more about them later on in the show. Before we get started, I just want to note that we talked a little bit about Paris-Roubaix today, the winner, Peter Sagan. What we didn't touch on in the show, though we were aware of the unfolding story at the time, was the tragic death of Michael Golartz, a young 23-year-old Belgian rider, during the race. We want to extend our condolences, of course, to his family and friends and and team and to uh, listeners and fans. it's a really sad story. It's incredibly tragic, and, and uh, if you, you know, we don't want you to think that we we missed it, um, but uh, we we just didn't get to it in our in our conversation. But uh, of course, we're we're thinking about uh, about Golarts and of course those those close to him, and, and uh, yeah. So anyway, I'd like to welcome you to this episode with me, Mario, Dan Shavanoff, and we're going to take it away for you. So, welcome once more to the Honest Bicycle Program. All right. <clears throat> right, so, um, yeah, going and getting bottles, because that's easy. <laughs> right. I mean, I've only ever had to do it, like three times four times maybe (laughs) i should say i've only had to do it in four races i've had to do it multiple times in those four races but it's always like oh it's just after the point in the race where everybody was going crazy and now we've all decided to take a little break but now i get to go ride extra hard because i have to drop back behind everybody else and then catch back up to everybody else (laughs) And then find my way through the field and give bottles to people, which is not easy. Although you you can just yell service and people will move out of your way, which is nice. Oh, all right. Uh, But that only works if, like, the race isn't quote-unquote on. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. Although, (laughs) I know Evan was yelling service in, like, the last few laps of Philly uh, when we did it. (laughs) And he didn't have any bottles on him. He was just yelling service. What a scamp. It worked. It worked for a bit. It worked until it didn't work, put it that way. Yeah, then the problem is people find out that you're a guy who might yell service when you aren't delivering bottles, and they get pissed. Well, they get pissed, but I mean, like, you know, you, 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 you... You still get the benefit of the doubt for a second. Right, yeah. So... Sure. Uh, uh, I guess. Right, I guess so what's what? Up? What's what's the agenda? Flanders, Roubaix, 
and then our own bike racing it's just yeah you know just um hashtag road is here basically right let's we should let's probably honest, we should probably get honest about bicycles yeah yeah we should probably let the people know that this is the honest bicycle program i'm greg i'm matteo <laughs> and i'm waiting way too long to introduce myself as dan <laughs> yeah i'm i'm yeah because i'm greg dead air dead air dead air <laughs> i mean at this point maybe we should have an order that we just go in so it's like greg matteo dan you know the order in which people have joined the whatever podcast that's a that's a we'll take that under advisement is that yeah, like that's... too logical uh I think I think enough. I think that our listeners, uh, you know, are here for the sort of loose around the edges vibe. I sure hope so because that's what they're getting. That's what they're getting. But yeah, so so uh, we haven't done a show. This is this is going to be gosh, uh, volume four. I want to say for for Honest Bicycle Program twenty eighteen. It's actually been a little while since we did a show, like a month at this point. But uh, to be honest, I think not. A heck of a lot was going on um yeah because because it wasn't road season but now it's road season and, and in fact we're even a few weeks into road season so like literally uh, all the cobbled classics have happened since the last time we've recorded a podcast Brabantse pale doesn't count uh, not really <laughs> matteo come on no it no. doesn't that, it's a good not, race a, but like barely cobbled and not a classic well, I know, I people, it, well, the whole classic, the whole classic, what is a classic is very murky, and uh, then people will call something semi-classics, and really, really classic kind of just means the monuments. Uh, it's, it's, no, 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 let's just, let's just, let's just set the, set the records straight. Monuments... There's five. Are, we know there's that. Five, there's five monuments, and they're like determined. very specific. Yeah. I saw there's, someone on Twitter today that um, uh, a certain someone now had two out of six monuments, and I I said what? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. There's there's five of them, right? Yeah. There's, there's only five. five. There's uh, Matty. Do you want to list them? Yeah, we got Milan San Remo. We got mm. the Tour of Flanders. We got Paris Roubaix. We've got Liège Bastogne Liège, which has a terrific theme song, unofficial, from Cosmo Catalano. And we've got uh, Lombardy. Uh, yeah, Tour yeah, Tour of Lombardy. Or now it's just called Il Lombardia. Il Lombardia. You gotta do that. There's a hand gesture yeah. that goes with it. It's Il Lombardia. Oh. You can't see this. It's <laughs> an audio sure. program, but it's... Just hold on. Just listen for a sec. <clears throat> did, you, <clears throat> did you hear it? I, I I can I can hear it in my mind's eye. Yeah. Or I mean, ear, it sounds like I it's guess. taking. Yeah. <laughs> Lombardia. But really, anyway, really well, pushing a lot of air out of the way. I think I think the point I was trying to make is that the class, like in general, the classics are just, in my mind, it's the period of one day races that happen in Belgium, and Northern Europe, kind of like until basically from. The opening weekend in Belgium to, in my mind, Liège, Bastogne, Liège. So there's mm-hmm. there's definitely three, well, I guess, what? No, no, I guess that's technically four monuments, although Milan-San Remo 
is in Italy, so it kind of doesn't. Well, it certainly doesn't count as a cobbled classic. It doesn't count as a cobbled classic. Well, but hold I would on a second. We've a one got classic. cobbled classics and the classics don't fully overlap. Right. There's definitely like cobbled classic races, and then there's classic races, which are just, in my mind, just one day spring races. I mean, yeah, it's one day. It's one day race season. It's one day yeah. race season. Yeah, and that's. I think that's what generally yeah. what people mean when they say like the classics. I know that some people get like finicky about it but i generally like you know I'm, when you say the classics i kind of assume that that's what you're talking about you mm-hmm. know yeah and i think that's the best definition because there's like so there's been you know like my joke about brabante peel notwithstanding there is the like what of the midweek races really count there are some other races that happen right like does scale the price like count and i think in general there's like if it happens on a sunday yes uh there's nothing really that happens on a saturday so don't worry about that friday e3 that's closer to the weekend um, yes the further um, we get to midweek then it's like eh, you know they, uh, semi-classic the milan, milan san remo milan san remo is a saturday race okay but that doesn't uh anyway yeah, okay. i think i think midweek <laughs> you know you can say semi-classic because generally midweek races are a bit shorter, uh, but they they tend to be just as exciting in my opinion, if not more so, because like you get a lot of well, unless a lot of like a, the continental teams and pro continental teams in there, and it's a little bit like, you know, you don't get the same exact uh, race dynamics that you see on the weekend, and it's kind of more interesting. It's like it's it gives teams like Top Sport Vlandren like days to shine you know and those are the teams yeah. that are fun to root for yeah like lace i is is really fun because it's like quick step disassembling a field of conti pros yeah pretty much. <laughs> i mean i guess if that's your definition of fun so, <laughs> it's fun to watch <laughs> that's true it is it, it is and, very, oh, and they so, don't always it's win so unfair it's it's just quick step is so especially this year they're so stacked somehow that it's like they've won, I don't know, 800 races with, you know, 19 different riders or something. It's it's just... I believe the, the final, the current count so far is 26 as of Sunday, the 8th of April. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's, yeah, it's, a lot. it's definitely a lot so, of races. But I think what's really <coughs> remarkable about the run is that they've won with so many different riders. You know, it's like... Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's so great. Um, and I, you know... I think they're actually riding better without Tom Boonet. Yeah. Because he's not this center of gravity that they all kind of have to orbit around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think they like kind of try to cultivate the vibe that they have right now with Tom Boonen. Um, And I think it worked every once in a while, but every once in a while, like they definitely kind of beaten, they ended up beating themselves more than other people beat them. You know what I mean? I mean, ultimately, when it came down to it, not that he was always the guy, but he was mostly the guy. Uh, so that that just necessarily dictates a different a different style of racing. And you know, it's like, well, if you're going to commit to the one guy, and the one guy doesn't have the goods, um, you know, but you have this whole cast of characters who. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes people won races because uh, you know Bonin was just marked out of it. 
and and a guy who was strong enough to be a threat got away and they were they were more worried about you know about tom mm-hmm. um but but nonetheless it's you know they can they can play a different sort of game now and you've also got just some really surprising things like uh Gilbert has mostly ridden this season doing huge amounts of domestique work like super domestique work for people and, and surprisingly not really riding much for his own chances. So speaking of well, which, speaking of which, let me contract year. <laughs> speaking uh, of that though, Greg, year. let me set the stage for our, our listeners here. I, I think most of them probably know <laughs> that quick step, like I said, like they, they did like some pretty serious teamwork and disassembly of the races for E3 Haralbeka which, if you want to be cool, you can pronounce it Adre Haralbeka. That's fine. No judgment. No judgment zone here. Um, and the Tour of Flanders. And so the three of us were sitting around texting each other last night and way too early this morning, Greg. Uh, <laughs> with with I was some up. picks. I was up at <laughs> six, so. Yeah. But, we, you know, we, we, were, we had some, like, head and heart picks for Roubaix. And have given the context of, of Quick Step's... Uh, Real, real mastery over the past couple couple of weeks. Yeah. So should we should we go through uh, our head and our heart picks and uh, and and sort of see how things shook out while we talk about the race? Uh, yeah, probably, probably we should. So let's see. Uh, I, I need to dig now into our message thread, which apparently was not working super well. Uh, da, 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 da. I, well, I, have... I, I remember mine. Do you remember yours, Greg? I'm struggling. I All remember right. Well, Matteo, what was your head and heart Actually... pick? So okay, my my head pick was Nicky Terpstra because given the way he's been riding, you know, his he was like he like soloed from 50 kilometers out to win E3. He soloed from like 30 kilometers out to win Flanders. That's just obviously riding kind of on another level, and. He's won Roubaix before, and I think he's podiumed it another time to boot. So, really, given his performance and the rest of the field, which included, like, the other favorites were, like, Greg Van Avermet, who looks like he's having kind of an off year, and Peter Sagan, who has never done well at Roubaix, it seemed obvious, right? Like, quick step, riding super strong. They've got Nicky Terpster, obviously, on the form of his life. Boom. That's a logical head pick. Uh, and my I heart pick was Stebar because uh, I got a soft spot for the guy, and I'd really love to see him take like a really like cracking big win as part of the uh, as part of the the quick step Yankees of Belgium as I describe them to non cyclists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if the Yankees are still good, but there was an era. I don't know. It's a trope okay. that people understand, even if they're not good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It works. We don't we don't have time to keep up with whether the Yankees are currently good, but they've been good enough. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Wait, Google. Uh, are the Yankees good? I'm sure there's literally a website that is just like, are the Yankees still good? Yes. Well, they lost to Baltimore probably... today. Oh, hmm. Well, Whatever. You know, I'm sure they're five, still five, good. 538 has, has baseball rankings, so you can check there. All right, we'll check uh, it out. Anyway. Yeah, well, we, I mean, do we need to fact check this really on our <laughs> bike racing podcast? Seems 
Seems like belaboring the point. Uh, all right, so Greg, anyway. we seem to have given you enough time to remember who your head and your heart picks were. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. So there was a problem, apparently. So I, I initially made three heart picks, which... Um, Just shows that you have a lot of heart. Didn't... Yeah. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't go over super well. Uh, <laughs> we, we weren't about to let you get away with three hard picks. I really thought, I really thought that, that you would. And then apparently, apparently there's actual rules. <laughs> on the Honest Bicycle program now. I don't know how that happened. I mean, to um, be fair, I stole this idea from the Speed Metal Cycling podcast, but they, like, uh, I don't even know if they podcast about bikes anymore. It's uh, mostly about, like, speed boats. Metal? and it, No, no Speed Metal, boats? really. Yeah, I don't know. Klaus has a boat. That's all I... That, I basically, I stopped listening after they stopped, started talking about After they got a boat? After they pivoted I, wow. to aquatics? Yeah, it was just, like, too weird, and I've tried to get back into it, but it, like, hasn't been working for me, so. That is a strong pivot. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta stick with uh, what works for you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my, my picks kind of, there was some shifting of, uh, you know, I some moving of goalposts, some sort of shifting of the winds, but I think ultimately my heart pick was uh, also Van Marka, and uh, my head pick... I ultimately settled on Stibar, which might have been a strange choice, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to pick uh, Terpstra because I figured he was sort of marked out of it because uh, everyone was like, oh, crap, Terpstra's on super form, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that would make it hard for him because I think that he he's very strong, to, you know, but I, I think that um, he, he wins these things because he gets the opportunity because people are looking at other people, and once people are, are actually taking him seriously as uh, a big threat that he's going to struggle. So that I thought, eh, Stibar's been close a few times, um, so we'll go with him. And, you know, he's not, like, been falling off his bike. His his form hasn't been incredible uh, maybe this spring, but but he's been up there, so, yeah. That's my pick. Those are are good Uh, picks. Good rationale. So Hart... Hart Hart Van Marka, because, you know, I also have a soft spot for the guy, and I think that he has... You know, he's got the ability, uh, but, you know, just for whatever reason, um, not the luck. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Steve Arfer, head. So, so Dan, you haven't given yours yet, have you? No, I, I have not. Um, I was going to start with my hard pick. Do you guys remember when Thibaut Pizzotto was, like, a legit contender for Roubaix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was a long remember, time ago. remember that year where it was Boonen versus Pizzotto and there was that whole controversy with Boonen getting that draft from a motorcycle after the last cobbled section from like the camera motos and like Pizzotto was kind of complaining about it but not really complaining like, about it. But when he was already a minute up or something? <laughs> no, it was like 15 seconds. It, it was it was no. close enough where like people thought it might have actually made a difference but I don't think it did. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I had to fight really hard not to pick Pizzotto as my heart pick just because <laughs> he wasn't racing the race, so that would be kind of, like, difficult to justify. Uh, so I went with Wout, you know. Yeah, yeah. I race cyclocross. It would definitely be cool. Like, it would it would be a really crazy story if Wout, riding his first classic campaign, won a monument and, like, arguably the most famous one-day race in the world. Yeah, and, and Watt was one of my original three heart picks, you know, for much that reason. But, you know, I had so to So I went with Watt for, for the heart. Um, and then for my head, I actually picked Gilbert. Um, despite the fact that he's not on a contract year, 
And, uh, you know, I just, I've seen him, you know, I saw the same thing that you saw, Greg. I saw him doing all this, like, lieutenant work and, like, riding really strong, but not for himself, you know? Yeah, and uh, was it, no, it wasn't Dwarves Door of Lander, and was it, um, oh, I'm, I'm forget the one that Peter Sagan won just, a week or two ago. Gent Wavelgum. Gent Wavelgum. Yeah, thank you. In Gent Wavelgum, he was pulling for, um, it was uh, uh, Elia Viviani. He was he was doing work in like the last like five kilometers for Viviani. And he was just doing this huge turn on the front in in that lead break. And then this uh, Rompot rider attacks out of the break. Uh, it goes up the road. And Gilbert, still on the front, is the person who actually responds and who had been pulling for like two or three kilometers straight at that point. And Gilbert <laughs> goes just right and marks him and rides him down uh, from it the was front impressive. of the group, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but also, you know, he, he's got this thing now where he's, I think he's stated his goal is to win all five monuments. And, uh, you know, it seemed like he made it very... He kind of, like, marked Roubaix on the calendar as the next one that he thinks is going to be one that he can win. Um, and the one thing that I never doubt is a Gilbert with a goal in mind. Mm, yeah. Um, so, and and the, just the way Quickstep has been riding, uh, the fact that Gilbert hasn't won a race and Nicky Terpster just won the biggest race in Belgium in the tour of Flanders, you know, it just, it seemed like it would play right into that tactic where quick step sends a guy up the road that not everyone is a hundred percent focused on mm -hmm. and it works for them, you know? And, yeah. and they certainly tried to do that. How much of the race yeah. did you watch? I actually didn't, haven't seen any of it yet. I oh was gosh. at work checking Twitter on my phone. Yeah. Okay. And that, so you, that's how yeah, I... Yeah. So you I, know what happened. I know. I, 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 I'm, I'm up to date on the broad strokes. I didn't mm -hmm. get the finer details. So so Gilbert attacked uh, in Arenberg. And he mm -hmm. took somebody with him. And they were kind of plugging away, sort of like trying to make progress on the... At the time, you know, maybe a minute and 30 to the breakaway. And they were out there for a good while and, uh, and couldn't do it and came back. Um, after which... Stebar essentially tried to do the same thing, and he was out there solo for like twenty kilometers, uh, and was brought back. And at that point, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty interesting for Quickstep." Like, you know, Terpstra hasn't done anything, but Stebar and Gilbert have both burnt significant matches very early in the race—not very early in the race, but you know, between one hundred and fifty k to go. There's still a lot of racing left, right? Yeah, uh, and it, for for what it's worth, I was able to watch up to maybe 40k or 30k it was it's like about 40k to go and then i had to go drive to my own bike race mm -hmm. uh, but i also am aware of what happened so dun, you dun, you dun. got to watch sagan attack i did see i did see yes i did see him attack and go up to the break um and actually very quickly get a lot of time uh and, and thought oh that's interesting yeah um let's see what happens happens now and uh well i mean right to cut a long story short that was that was essentially the move that was 
the thing. Yeah, that, I mean, stuck. he basically rode the Gilbert plan that I laid out for you guys before <laughs> yes, the race. He, did. he attacked mm-hmm. coming off of a cobbled section on the pavement when everybody was kind of looking around, rode up to the breakaway, cooperated with the break for a bit, and then, uh, you know. Took one of them with him and, yeah. and uh, ditched the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was uh, that was interesting since uh, it really shows how useful uh, all of our and other people's punditry about the sport really is. As people were saying, oh, Sagan's never really excelled uh, in Pyro Bay. You know, the best he's ever done is like 27th or something like that. Uh, sixth you know, think, in 2014. Oh, was it sixth? Someone's like he never really looked super comfortable. Like, like oh, yeah, you know. Um, well, he's never finished in the lead group before. No, he's never finished. Even when he was sixth, he was in the group, like two groups behind or something like that. Uh, But I will say for what it's worth, he was the bookies odds on favorite for the race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard people scoffing about that, which is funny about it. Well, you know, if you you think about it, based on past results, it's like, I mean, here's the thing. Sagan winning Paris-Roubaix is like the most unsurprising, surprising ending to that race. You know what I mean? Like, is anyone shocked that he won? No. But at the same time, like, he hasn't done anything to suggest that he would win Roubaix. Like, yeah, he's been okay, but, you know, he's, you know, everybody always talks about Roubaix as this race where you, like, have to have experience and, like, a good team. And historically, he hasn't had a very good team. So, I mean, maybe that's one of the things but that changed it for him this year when it comes to big races though he is a guy that kind of runs hot or cold like that's just it, it, it like you can name essentially any race on the calendar and then if you say well sagan won that that you'd be totally unsurprised you know even if it's but but most of the time you know it's hard because uh he's marked by everyone and he doesn't have that great team and you know, just uh, for for whatever reason, you know, people will talk about how he's overrated or whatever. I mean, I don't know. He's been world champion three times consecutively, but um, won a lot of uh, bike races. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's kind of uh, interesting the way that he does get repeatedly written off. And yet, you know, given the right circumstances, he can win pretty much anything. So. Yeah. Although... I will say that I am really not a big fan of Peter Sagan. Oh, oh, shame. Wait, guys, do we need to dive into this too, or can we just reference the fact that I made an Orange County Choppers argument meme about this conversation? (laughs) Uh, Can I see Uh, it? (laughs) It's on Twitter, bro. God, you're going to make me dig for it, aren't you? No, sit tight. I'll tag you in it. (laughs) (laughs) no i you know honestly like i i understand that he's a good rider and he's entertaining i just i'm still i'm still not over all the like sexist bullshit i like i can't i can't overlook it i just can't because in my mind like it's just there's so many good riders out there that have not done any of that you know, that I'm much happier just being fans of those riders. Like that—that's kind of how it breaks down for me. Like it is, and 
I'm not one of those people that's like, I don't think there is never going to be any redemption for him. I just don't think he has done anything to deserve any redemption on that front. Like, Wait, sure, so he hasn't done anything since then, and he's, like, apologized, but, like, there's so many other things that he, like, somebody in his position could be doing, and he's just not, you know, in my book. I don't know. I, I, I guess, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to try to dissuade you of that. I think that's uh, valid. Um, I'm only aware of the one kind of famous... Uh, Basically, on you know, he he uh, pinched a woman's uh, the uh, podium hostess uh, pinched her butt. Uh, which Put it this way: if you Google image egregious. search Peter Sagan, there's plenty of photos of like him walking around with gross T-shirts on, and oh, I don't mean yeah. like gross, like like here's a here's a drawing of a butt or something. I mean like like just disgusting misogynistic t-shirts not recently granted like this is definitely a younger peter sagan but that's not an excuse you know that doesn't like i'm not one of those people where like enough time has passed and i suddenly like just i'm like oh okay that was in the past it's like no unless you show me otherwise i assume you're pretty much still the same person you know what i mean yeah i mean i i I think you know it's it's yeah, a change of behavior means a lot. Um, if, sure, you know, I, and I'm not trying so to put anybody that. on the spot here. You know, like if 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 somebody's a fan of Peter Sagan, that's like totally their thing. This is my opinion, and it's yeah. it's fine. You know what I mean? No, like, I, think I, it's, I, I think that's legit. I don't want to argue. Like, I don't want to litigate it further than that. But I do have to say <laughs> that because it's like, well, you know, we're on here. We're talking about the winner of Paris Roubaix and it just happens to be him. So All right, fair I'm, enough. Li- no, I'm basically, uh, I'm a little disappointed that he won because he's really one of the only riders that I, I won't say cheer against, but definitely never right. root for. Sure. If that- All right, well, the process, the prosecution rests. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter Sagan, that's that's you know that's that's something I think for people to, to take under advisement, uh, and I, I think that's uh, a good point. Um, I, do we have any additional commentary on the race? Because I I, I think we have other things we want to talk about. Uh, so I don't want to spend a heck of a lot of time on pro racing. There was also. Uh, Flanders, I, I think that um, the women's Flanders bike race happened that is probably worth at least talking about a little bit since unfortunately it's the, it's kind of the only significant classics overlap between the men's and the women's races. There are there are other uh, women's classics races that are that are big deals, um, but most of them are, are actually different races. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think there's a... Um... One of the Ardennes classics has an overlap, I believe. Well, I Fletch, can't remember if it's alone. Flesh right. alone, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that's a good one, but uh, not a monument. The the women's no, te- women's Flanders was not a lot a was really similar to the men's in that it was one with a with a pretty subtle move um, that actually went at the exact same place. Like Terpsher's move went like in the same kilometer of road that Anna van der Breggen's went on. Yeah. 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 You know, and all right, I don't I I'm sure we've like beaten this uh over the head several times, but like I was watching 
the the women's race uh and i just like i i see i see a lot of comments kind of pop up on twitter when the women's races are happening or when they're being discussed and they're kind of along the lines of like uh, you know like how come the women's races like don't have the same race dynamics that the men's races have you know Mm-hmm. and and this is you know and it's, it's silly that i'm saying like oh i j- just realized this because i had this information in my head i just kind of didn't put the two and two together but literally the worst guy on the start list of flanders has a minimum salary of something around like 50k a year uh yeah i th- yeah probably something like that in because Euros. there's a minute there's a mandatory UCI minimum salary for pro continental yes. teams and just to get into the Tour of Flanders you have to be on a pro continental team. Now yeah. I know there's like definitely pro continental teams that try to like skimp those rules and not pay their riders as much as they're supposed to, but the point is in theory the worst guy in the Tour of Flanders is making a very 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 good living wage in my opinion and there is no such thing for the women like literally there's probably i would imagine at least half that field is making between zero and five thousand dollars a year yeah uh yeah i it's i think it's much more than half yeah Yeah, you know and then and then you think about that in terms of like well, when you have to work for a living, you're just never you're, you're never going to have the chance to develop the talent pool of the sport. You know, there's never going to be riders that are just like, okay, yeah, my job is just to chase the break because most teams don't have that kind of depth that is afforded with that much money and that much like quality training time. You know what I mean? And and as a yeah, totally. And and as a result, I think in a lot of these uh biggest women's races, we often don't see a, a break of the day in the same way that we're totally used to with men's racing. Right. And mm-hmm. I was watching the race and I was thinking about that and I, you know, because it's like it it does seem odd, but it makes perfect sense because most teams and especially in the women's race, the teams I think are smaller. I think they're either like six riders or Correct me if I'm wrong. Or do they still have eight rider teams? I think they don't. I'm not sure on that. I I don't actually know. I actually think it might be the same eight rider uh, max. But if it is, teams are just smaller. Anyway. Right. That you know the teams can't spread. There are fewer races. Uh, the teams have a smaller budget. Even paying them. I mean, by smaller budget, I mean they they have you know budgets that are just very small. Uh, and and teams can't have a roster that's all that big so so yeah it's there's a lot of things affecting the dynamics that i don't know why people particularly expect um or or think that women's racing should look similar when the level of professionalism and i mean that in the in like a completely non-pejorative just descriptive way right that the the professionalism just is severely underdeveloped like from an economic standpoint like the professionalism of the system that they're working under yeah, 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 just yeah. Economically, it's it's a it's it's just a very very different situation, and you can see over the course of you know for all the um, oh God, it, it actually makes me a little crazy that there's there's a lot of uh, Sturm und Drang about 
uh, we need a stable uh, future in the men's sport, and oh, it's so so terrible that that we don't have these persistent long-term sponsors. And it's like, yeah, like it's not that, that you can't be concerned about kind of the stability of funding in the in the men's sport, but there's nevertheless nevertheless this you know long historical period of a highly professionalized sport that's allowed you know where where it's been economically possible for there to be several top level pro teams that can employ you know at least you know a couple hundred um, plus riders at a professional um, level with you know full-time salaries that are enough to live you know at least a, a pretty reasonable middle class life um, and that's existed in in men's professional bike racing literally for decades um, many decades yeah so and and that's just not been the case in women's racing it's it's not remotely similar and so we we've allowed you know there's been the opportunity for you know a there's a huge pool of riders who can do nothing but train like they don't have other jobs uh you know so that helps so the the average that's going to help the average level of performance and and it allows these dynamics to develop where you can have this this very kind of formalized uh way that a race goes down i mean if you look at our local uh, amateur races, you know, even the elite races, the dynamics look a hell of a lot more like the women's races, mm-hmm. where the racing is not very controlled. You know, there's not like a break of the day or anything like that goes. Like, you know, it, it's led. I think. Sorry, I'm, I'm, my rant is ending soon. I promise. But it's. I, I think many uh, people who are just getting started, many men anyway, who are just getting started in amateur bike racing, think, oh, it's going to be like the Tour de France, and like the break of the day is going to go, and and once the teams are represented, uh, it's going to be you know, kind of steady for a while and then we'll bring the break back and then things will happen. It's like, no, <laughs> the racing is not controlled like that because yeah, you need the a break massive goes pool and that of fit people. is the break. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it comes back or maybe it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's just right. Exactly. So anyway, that's my, that's my uh, soliloquy, I guess. I, I guess the point I was trying to make is like, I, when I first started thinking about like minimum salaries for women, I, sort of at least understood the perspective of the people that were saying like, oh, well, if you institute a minimum salary, you know, it'll drive a lot of these teams out of the world tour. And it's like, well, right now there's, you know, this huge, I I almost want to say there's a huge glut of women's teams that are in the world tour that just don't pay their riders anything. And I'd rather be the world, the women's world tour, be just teams that can afford to pay their riders a salary. So I think it's time to just earn, you know, honestly start pushing for the UCI to institute a salary minimum for women because it's it's the only way the sport is going to develop further, you know. And and it's like, oh, and the other thing is like, of course, there's not a break of the day in the women's race when the women race literally a hundred kilometers less than the men. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, another, like there's yeah, that whole important. other thing that is just like, come on, guys. Like, basically, this whole thing has been about like me and like, I, I just want to yell at so many trolls on Twitter, like, to think more critically about these things. But, you know, every time I type out some long response on the internet, I usually just close the window because it, <laughs> it never, there's no satisfaction in having that conversation on the internet. This, the way that like we can talk about it with our voices, I guess. Well, and people don't people you know don't generally want to be convinced. They kind of 
you know, pe- people uh, uh, come to their reasoning from their conclusions for the <laughs> most part. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, hate to disappoint uh, the listeners out there, but that's the reality. <laughs> I, I think that we might be we might be guilty of that too to some extent. But you know, I, I also think that it is kind of important to start from actually giving a shit about uh, there being some equality and some fairness uh, in the world, as opposed to, eh, I don't really watch these races, and um, I, you know, I'm not really interested in women's racing, therefore, uh, let's try and think of reasons why it can't actually um, work. You know, when, when people who are stakeholders, like legitimate stakeholders, um, you know, have concerns, I'm more interested in those, but, you know... And, and especially because I think there's actually debate among people who have good faith interest mm-hmm. yeah. in promoting the growth of women's race. And I think a lot of people don't. Well, let's so. just, well, maybe we can close this discussion by saying that Bulls Dolmans really quick stepped that race. <laughs> uh, I mean, they went one, they actually out quick stepped quick step. They went one and two instead of just one and three at the Tour of Flanders. Yeah. Uh, you know, Anna Vanderbregen took the win and Amy Peters sprinted out of a small group of I think six or seven riders to take second. Um and they they had uh I'm looking at the results right now. They had actually yeah, they had a rider as well, Chantal Black in fifth. Reigning women's world road champion, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They're a so, very impressive team. Yeah. So uh, I think that now we're, we're closing in on 40 minutes in. So I think it's probably a good time. Uh, we, so we were going to talk a little bit about the fact that, hey, uh, crappy amateurs like me are also racing bikes. Oh, and I also guessed Matteo and Dan who are Craig, of, Craig. Uh, incrementally. No more, no more negative self-talk on the podcast. Oh, okay. Okay, Dan. But before we do that... I I want you to be... You know, I want this to be a place of positivity for you. And (laughs) and anyone who might be on your level or lower than you. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, I I will have some positivity. um, But but before we do that, before we do that, I do want to take um, a little break. So uh, let's go away for a minute and and you're going to hear about Health IQ. Here on the Wide Angle Podium Network, the Honest Bicycle Program is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance agency. Health IQ has exclusive rates for health-conscious people. They crunch numbers on athletes and use unique models to offer physically active people lower rates on life insurance. So to learn more, please visit healthiq.com slash honestbicycle. You can learn more about what they're about, and you can get a free quote on life insurance. That's healthiq.com slash honestbicycle. We're thrilled to have their support, so please check them out. Um, bike racing. So, so road is here for us. So I don't know. How, have you guys done much racing? I've done. I think I've started four bike races. Oh, that's so a nice far. number. Damn, Greg. That's not bad. That's. Uh, yeah. I've only done two. I've oh, I've started four as well. Oh, all right. Uh, Dan, well, we were both in the, We didn't really see each other much, but we were both in the Philly Flyer a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's well yeah it's true we were in different parts of that race yes i remember going down the hill while you were going up the hill at one point maybe that was was very late in the race that was it was it was very late in the race and you were with al baru a mutual friend of ours yes 
Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that climb starts to add up after the, what, how many times do you do that in the elite race? We did it seven times. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got, I got popped on the sixth, uh, of, of those seven laps. And then I, so if I recall, oh, and sorry. then I decided to keep going and finish it out. And I was, uh, well, Al was the last person on the result sheet, but we rode in together. You know, the real result that we found was the friendship we had along the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've had yeah, many days like that for sure. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's a victory just to finish. <laughs> I mean, it's true, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that I got uh, uh, pulled in place from a couple uh, UCI races uh cross races last fall and i was like you know what oh what i'm okay with that <laughs> i felt i feel pretty good with how that went uh so so you know it's uh it's interesting being being in those events so okay so you guys have done because you guys are racing in more or less the same same area i'm a, I'm up here in new england so i've been doing um i went to this weird collegiate race in uh, stafford springs connecticut it was basically on like a tiny little uh, auto racing oval uh, with a, a, a bit through the infield. Uh, I've done Ninigrit, essentially like three Ninigrit crits. So Ninigrit, by the way, for uh, those of you who don't know, which is probably most of you, is sort of a New England uh, staple. It's in Rhode Island, right by the shore, there is a former uh, naval air station, maybe, I want to say, in Charlestown, and, and essentially a bicycle racing track was created on the former runways. So, yeah. so you're saying there. that's like New England Floyd. It is definitely New England uh, Floyd. It sounds exactly Floyd. like New England Floyd. I don't know what uh, Floyd is. Listeners, we're talking well, about you know what? Floyd no one knows what Ninigret is either, either, so... Yeah, it, it seems like it probably is. It's it's, <coughs> right, it's basically right next to the ocean. It's super flat. It's always incredibly windy. Uh, yeah, you're describing Floyd Bennett Field. It's an airfield. It is. If you designed a bike racing course, uh, if, if if someone gave you a brief to literally build a bike racing venue, uh, and, and the brief was make this the most Greg unfriendly course you possibly can, then they would probably come up with Ninigrit, where <laughs> it's it's completely flat. The turns are not technical at all, um, and there's always a lot of wind. Hey, Matteo, uh, I have yeah. an idea bring greg to floyd yeah i like how we're on the same page I, it sounds like you want to know greg you want to know what the difference between ninigrit and floyd is um the latitude between the month of may and the month of august you can race floyd twice a week that's pretty nice yeah that's pretty nice sometimes three times a week if there's a weekend floyd race it's also it's probably awful. easier to get yelled at in Spanish or Trinidadian Standard English at Floyd than it is at Ninigrit. Yeah, Ninigrit is yeah not a lot of uh, not a lot of non-English being yelled. It's it's a lot of uh, a lot of go 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 and you know that sort of stuff. I mean, so, it's kind yeah. of yelling and cycling is kind of the same in any language, in my opinion, but. <laughs> You generally know what the person is saying if you're not pulling through, you know? 
We had some we had some New Yorkers come up to uh, Ninigrit, um Scorpion Racing, which is uh, not a good team name, guys. I know it's a wheel company, but it is never even heard of them, so they're not not, cool. not real New Yorkers. I I don't know. They might as do a, a lot former of New Yorker, but they came up. They came up, uh, and and boy, they were doing they were doing a lot of yelling. There was there was a lot of shouting. <laughs> I, I, it's not that there isn't yelling in New England racing, but I, I sort of wonder if if New York racing is a little yellier. Uh, I think I think I people know. yell when they're in a new racing environment and they are not in a pecking order, and so everything is a little bit confused about who does what and who pays attention to whom, and they're the fish out sure. of water, so they think that something wrong is happening. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when I've you know I spent too many years racing in new york let's just leave it at that <laughs> and uh not a lot of yelling honestly right. or at least All what right. i would say is not a lot of undeserved yelling <laughs> you know what i mean like put it this way like if if my job for the day is to jump on any breakaway and sit on it i'm just i know i'm gonna get yelled at you know what i mean like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's it, and it's not because I'm doing something wrong. It's because I'm doing something incredibly irritating to every single person that doesn't want to sprint. Mm-hmm. By making, I have to be it, honest, you know, by yeah. making it a sprint. <laughs> I, I actually have to be honest. I raced today and I, I yelled at someone, but it was because he was he was being really stupid, like oh, not doing Greg, dangerous things. Just Greg, being tell, stupid. Please, please tell us. I love you know here. My take on yelling and bicycle racing is like, it's fine. As long as you're not yelling anything, as long as you're not yelling like anything derogatory, insulting, or like offensive at somebody, as long as you're just yelling about bicycles, I think it's pretty much okay. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you about it. Uh, by the way, I'm going to want to hear about, um, uh, you know, the executive summary of how things are going for you guys so far. I guess I'll actually start off with my executive <laughs> summary, which is that which is the very first race of the season. It's if this auto racing track. I got crashed out. That was on the last lap. So that was great. Are you OK? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I peeled off the last Tegaderm a couple days ago. Nothing serious. Had to get a new helmet. That wasn't so great. Um, What'd you get? But uh, uh, Giro Synth. Um, OK. I like that helmet. Yeah. It's a good helmet. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty dope, as they say. <laughs> dope AF or AF. I thought it was AF, and then some millennial at work the other day was like, no, 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 you actually pronounce it AF. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> I know. That's the first time that's, I've ever that's heard what of I it. Said. I, definitely, I, was like, that... I definitely say AF. Next thing you're like, going to tell me can't... GIF is pronounced JIF or some shit like that. I was like, that cannot be right, but uh, Okay. Anyway, don't, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but that was <laughs> that was shocking, shocking information, uh, or or perhaps misinformation. Uh, so you know that was like not the best start, but but whatever. After that, it's been pretty much all integrate all the time, uh, and it, you know it's gone all right. We executed our plan. We had a three four race because because I'm a three and we're mostly threes on our team, and we got uh, our friend, our mutual friend, uh, Mikey Tofu Pup, uh, into the break successfully nice um and he got second out of the break which was sweet on his birthday no less so that was pretty cool um i then got uh dropped pretty quickly out of uh the elite race there um 
you know, it's it's cool. It turns out, by the way, that riding essentially with uh, a normalized power like 20 watts over your threshold for most of an hour is really hard. It's totally fun. Yeah, I thought I thought Super I was like fun. I thought I just sucked. It's one of those things where you think, oh, why did I suck so bad? And then you look at your power data after the race, and you're like, oh, I guess actually <laughs> I was doing a lot of work trying to cover moves and whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then and then and then today was more as uh, uh, you know results boy Colin Royer put it, um, character building uh, today. So you know, what did you guys just, race we, today? We missed, uh, it was an integrate again. We this time we missed the break, and then there was because uh, we thought none of like the strong teams, none of like the dudes we thought were going to be strong were represented in it, and then it had forty seconds like really quickly, uh, and then there was a chase, and and Mikey flatted out of the chase like immediately. <laughs> it was it was not great, and at some point, and uh, we were trying to there was there was a successful chase that didn't bridge up, but it was away from the group, and that was when I yelled at a guy because, uh, well, you guys know how Cat Three racing more or less works which is that uh, people decide rather than trying to find people to cooperate with them to bring back uh, a move that they will attack and bridge the you know 15 second gap in the wind by themselves mm-hmm. um, so so I, I basically was starting to feel okay um, I was tired of the shenanigans and, and went to the front of this effort to chase did a, did a pretty good pull for, for little me uh, pulled off and, and then um a guy instead of kind of following through and and pulling like a normal person like attacked the front of the group again and that's when i yelled at him <laughs> i said what are you doing so it wasn't anything uh offensive but uh, i was getting quite frustrated because no that's that, in, it doesn't a, work that's a perfectly reasonable it's like it didn't work the somewhere. first. It was like it didn't work the first three times you tried to bridge solo by attacking <laughs> the front of the group. Why do you think it's going to work now when you're down three matches? <laughs> like, come on, man. I've but, all right. I've definitely been in a similar situation. Where oh I've wait, had to yell hold on. This was like... the same person doing it over and over again. <laughs> yes, this was the, this was one guy. Oh, who kept going to the front? Yeah, no. You, either, you, you should have yelled at him like the... <laughs> the first two times, Greg. Yeah, he did. Well, he his his approach was uh, he had basically kind of two different things he would do. One of them was to sit on the front doing tempo um, because he was like annoyed that the guys who did have people in the chase weren't coming around him. So he was like, I'll just sit on the front and do tempo. It was like, okay. Or he would attack the group. And I was like, all right, there's a middle ground, <laughs> I think, <laughs> that you could find that, that might be more helpful, but okay. Uh, so yeah, maybe I should have yelled. I don't know. But uh, I, I probably should have just used my words in a more articulate way sooner. It turns out that's important. You you probably should have explained to him that like like most cat threes, he's either riding too hard or not hard enough, and he should find a happy medium. Yeah. For his <laughs> set objective. Oh yeah, the leader the leader of the series uh, that we're that we're in uh, uh, balled so hard that he he actually got himself dropped out of the chase group. That's. Which is pre- it, I mean, the, well, he's. He's the guy that has is so strong. He's so strong, but it means that he he wants to go with everything. You know, he's he's kind of not content to examine the situation and think maybe I'll wait for a better opportunity to come along. Instead, you know, if anyone so much as glances up the road, he's like, "Yes, I want to be part of this." That's a hard uh, way to race bicycles, but hats yeah, off still, to him. He still he still won last weekend, so I mean. <laughs> He's uh, yeah, he's not going to be a cat three for much longer. But he'll he'll learn. He'll learn, he'll learn. because that doesn't 
yeah. It's, no, it's it doesn't. It doesn't work in a one one two race. race. <laughs> <laughs> you really have to weigh your options a lot more. <laughs> and typically err on the side of eh, someone else will get this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Mikey that, also got so himself. That's a that's an interesting, for, if yeah. I may, friends. I uh-huh. I would yes, go ahead. Uh, I've been racing with a team with a with a big team for the first time in kind of a long time, um, possibly ever for me. Interesting. And you know, especially uh, last year um, when I was I was pretty fit, pretty strong, but really freelancing in like one two races or one two three races. Uh, this year, I've like I've got a team that's racing really aggressively, and I get to just sort of chill and save myself for the last lap, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that you've been been doing some sprinting, basically. I, yeah, I've been doing some sprinting, but I also like don't have to. I don't have to race that way of like, well, I'm gonna like try and look for moves that are maybe kind of threatening because it would be cool to get in them. But then if nothing happens, I'm gonna try and like rest for a few laps and work my way into the sprint like yeah i don't have to worry about that it's great that's pretty cool it's totally cool cool. it's cool and it's new (laughs) i'm still figuring out how to race bikes like like at all um so you know uh we've got the yelling part down oh yeah yeah i mean i've been good at that for a pretty long time actually (laughs) cat cat one yeller if not uh if not (laughs) I don't know, really Greg. We have to be in a race together. I gotta examine your application for a yelling upgrade. <laughs> oh, okay. all right. Well, all right. Like, Fine. It's all fortunate. Like, I don't yell here, that here's often. The, here's the thing about Cat One yelling. Cat One yelling isn't just yelling. You're also belittling the person and making them feel stupid at the same time. No, yeah, you're right. Cat I One yelling is berating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I've basically in... <laughs> it's basically explaining to the person why why they're getting dropped as they're getting dropped <laughs> as I've, you're I've dropping got, them you're That's right because I've, I've been on the receiving end in a one two three race of of that kind of berating um it's it's actually kind of interesting because the beraters aren't necessarily correct. <laughs> no, not <laughs> about... always. I mean, that's the thing about yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like but I moved they, into but... a gap once. I still remember years ago. It's like I, I I moved into a gap that opened up, and then uh, it turned out that the gap kind of went away. It was you know, and so I got kind of spat backwards again. And uh, this guy um, was just like, "That was stupid." And I was like, "Really, really?" Because I'm seeing all these guys like diving into the inside line on this really tight corner, and that looks stupider to me. But like, okay, I am obviously the three here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not what. It's not that he's he's wrong exactly. Um, I I don't want to claim that I'm like Mister Amazing Awesome Smart Bike Racer, but I thought it was. I don't know. It, it is interesting because some of the berating is because of pecking order. Oh, absolutely, um, dude! If you're a Cat Three in a one two three race, like, and you stick your nose in the wrong spot, you're gonna get yelled at. It's just kind yeah. of the. I mean, it's definitely a bullshit, like. It's definitely kind of bullshit, and I don't really have a, like a good defense of it, but it totally happens. All right, so how's, how how are things? So you've raced a couple times, Dan. I've raced how's, twice. How's it going? Uh, how's I raced it going? Grant's Tomb, which oh, yes. uh, at this point I've raced every year since two thousand eight, except for one year. Oh, late two thousand eight was the last time I did that race. <laughs> oh. Um. And, and the first time 
every year that race seems to get harder for me. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. It's basically I go to that race, and no matter how much I've trained or done what I think I should should be doing, I kind of like I ride around in the field and go like, "Ow, this is hard," you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's basically what happened uh, this year. Um, the course is so good, though. It's a really good, nice course. Not my favorite course, but it's a good course. And then I raced uh, Philly Flyer, which went uh, surprisingly a lot better. And yeah, I don't know. I was feeling really good at Flyer. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of hanging out for the first few laps, maybe the first three laps, and then things got really hard with like on the fourth lap, I think. Things got really hard, like fourth lap and fifth lap. And that's when I kind of started to try to get into moves um, because I was actually feeling pretty decent. And then we were going through the start-finish line, and a buddy of mine named Davey, who actually ended up winning the race, uh, I was on his wheel, and we went up the, the last climb that's about a kilometer from the from the line it's it's like it's actually more of like a hill because it's it's really like 45 seconds long mm-hmm. so we went over that and i was on davy's wheel and i looked around and i noticed that the field had gotten really small all of a sudden <laughs> uh and i was like hey davy there's only like 25 people here and he was like he just nodded at me because i think we were both kind of like hurting at that point and um you you kind of the the start finish straight was a headwind so you you go through the start finish straight into this headwind then you make a left and another left and you're on a tailwind and i started to ride around kind of in the back of this reduced field being like hey friends on different teams does anyone have a gel (laughs) (laughs) i didn't need one but i wanted one Um, and that's exactly when Davey bridged across to this little move of three that ended up getting to another move of three that was dangling 25 seconds in front of us. And that was the winning breakaway, Uh... which is fine. You know, like I'm going to give myself credit for spotting the right time to go and then going to the back (laughs) and looking for a gel. (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah yeah yeah. that was that was pretty much my bike race (laughs) there's nothing like there's nothing like it's a little bit different but there's there's nothing quite like uh seeing something happen and being like yeah that looks like the move and then being for one reason or another completely unable to to get there (laughs) and then and then you feel sort of validated when it's the winning move but also kind of like damn it yeah it's true that's called pulling a hinkapy. <laughs> yeah. I, I was in a few. It was like a couple years ago. I seemed to have like a gift for that because I, I my fitness was not good. I, my my fitness, if you were to track it across seasons, tends to look like a sine wave, which is which is part of why it's you know I've been kind of in in cat three limbo for a long time. Um, and my fitness was not super great, but for some reason, like my racing brain was really good. 
that year. So repeatedly, I'd see a move go up and be like, oh, crap, that's the move. I should be in that move. And then realize, oh, there's no way <laughs> that I'm getting getting across to that. Uh, and then, then it wins the race. That was, uh, yeah. Well, what can you do? Bike racing. I think that co- that comes that comes when you're when you're strong enough to be on the front and really understand everything that's happening in the race. But you know, if you're not strong enough to then like do anything about the fact that you're there, it's a tricky situation. Yeah. I I have the issue yeah. where I spend a lot of time you know trying to conserve energy and sort of like chilling in the pack. And early on in the race, I'll practice like moving around in different parts of the course. But I also, being you know all of five five, like I can't see over people. Yep. So I don't know, like, unless five, I'm five on the front, problems. I don't know what's happening in the bike race. And a lot of times, yeah, this is a yeah. People won't tell me. It's a real struggle. <laughs> For some reason, people yeah. won't tell you. Like, hey, who's up the road? <clears throat> Fuck you, man. Find out yourself. That's it's like, weird. no, I can't see. That's weird. I I have literally never had that happen. Really? Maybe you're tall. Yeah, like I've, 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 con- no, I mean, like I've, whenever I've asked someone, like, hey, what's going on, people have either been like, I don't know, or they've been like, oh yeah, two people are off the front. I I've mean, literally I don't think I've gotten like, anybody... a, I haven't gotten like a huge cold shoulder or anything, but I've gotten like, you know, a lot of uh, people who just don't really want to talk. <laughs> I mean, I've noticed I just... a lot of people in bike races don't like talking in general, but anyway. Yeah, I hate I hate that. That's like a pet peeve of mine. It's like we're all doing this thing that's like really miserable. Like, let's at least try and talk to each other. <laughs> well, it's like it's like you crack a dumb joke and people are just like, mm. oh yeah. I don't like like I never got that. I mean, there's a limit to how far I'll go with my dumb jokes. Like, I definitely have seen people take it too far, but sure, sure. you know, I th- I think it's like. One dumb, one wise crack isn't all that bad. No. <laughs> but people, people just make you feel like, <laughs> like who's this? Who's this loser who, who thinks he's so funny? Um, not that, not that I am funny, but you know. Oh no, negative. That's negative self talk. No, here's here's the positive. I forgot about the positive talk. I, I should say. So uh, I realized that part of part of actually the, the issue I've had uh, in road racing has been that I, I don't know why, but I got to a point where um, I'm, I'm looking at the end of the race when it looks like it's going to come to a sprint uh, because, uh, I don't know, I used to be willing to mix it up and, and I've hurt myself quite a few times in recent years. Uh, not so excited about that. And it, it turns out that I've been very willing to find reasons to you know not try hard at the end, which is sort of a problem when it comes to actually doing things like collecting upgrade points or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, to the point that it, an integrate, there's no curves. You can just ride off into the grass. And on the last lap, I took a hot route to move up on the outside line. I was coming up on the, uh, the edge of the road. I, and, you know, I could have made it. Um, it was fine. Um, but instead I was like, uh, I'm not feeling super into this. And, and I just rolled off the pavement into the grass and let the group go. Um, I believe I saw a video of this. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Greg. It said, "R.I.P." <laughs> uh, and and away I went. Uh, which you know, I mean, if you're gonna give up, um, you know, at Nindigrit, at least like rolling into the grass, you know, you can't hurt anyone really doing that. Um, which is cool. It's not like just sitting up in the middle of the field, at, you know, tenth wheel. Um, 
But then I was like, man, that that was not cool. So I, I instead this week, even though we were, you know, we weren't in the group of three, we weren't in the chase of three. Um, so you know, field sprint, best chance is seventh. You know that could possibly happen. I'm 126 ish pounds. Um, you know, You're I'm talk- not a big person. Wait, how much does Maddie weigh before we do like sprint uh, comparisons? Uh, I'm I'm pretty close to 140. Sometimes I'm above it. Wait, yeah. seriously? You're heavier than Greg? Oh yeah. Have yeah. you seen Have you seen uh, Maddie's? I mean, I I, I want to put I don't want to <clears throat> I don't want to make any inappropriate comments, but uh, you know Maddie's got uh, Karen hide quarters. I I can I can fill out a Karen pair of trousers. Con- let's let's just all agree that in the regular world we are all tiny human beings and only in the weird body dysmorphia world of road racing can we ever make any kind of negative comment about our bodies it's not a negative comment there's no no, no, no i know i know I'm not, I'm not saying you're making a negative but it, it's it's just like a funny it or it's not funny but it's like definitely a way that people talk in road yeah, racing oh, no, no. it's so I, I weird it is really weird. So, but the point is, I'm I'm actually, you know, when it comes to like sprinting, I'm quite small and slender, even on the scale of uh, bike racers. Like, just just honestly, um, that's just a fact of life. So, but despite that, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go for the sprint. And so I told Colin at uh, uh, three to go, I think. I found his wheel, and I was like, all right, I'm here. It was like, let's do this, and and we we gave it a good shot. We gave it a good shot. Uh, made a mistake and got kind of boxed at the end, and. Um, I didn't move out at the right time. So anyway, he got fourth in the sprint uh, as my lead out, <laughs> uh, and I had to, you know, essentially concede defeat. But uh, I think that making a run for it and actually saying no, no, I do belong up here, I do deserve it, uh, was a good move. Yeah, I, sprint wise, I, you I, know, I didn't, I didn't do that big a sprint. I've always, I've always told people that like. One of the big differences between a sprinter and a non-sprinter is the sprinter will always say, yeah, I'm going to sprint. Because it's never not an option for them. So it's like, if as long as before the the end of the race, you tell yourself like, yeah, I'm going to sprint, just go do it. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people kind of talk themselves out of sprinting and... You know, obviously there's there's plenty of good reasons to sometimes not sprint, but there's also like, but but also saying I'm not a sprinter, I would say is a bad reason to not sprint, especially yeah. at the like three four or like lower lower levels because oh especially at those levels because you don't know what you are yet as a bike racer, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 I mean, I've been to three long enough that I know a little bit, but you know, the, the fact remains that even if you quote unquote, aren't a sprinter in three, four, essentially no one is, um, that's not completely true, but, but, you know, pure real sprinters, as you might call them in, in air quotes, uh, are, are barely a thing at that level. And to the extent that they exist, um, it's not, so peak power and, and all that is relevant, but it's it's not nearly the most important thing, which is uh, mindset and and positioning skill and the ability to also essentially have pretty strong one minute power that you can then still kick at the end of. You know, it's like all of these these things and 
uh, well, our friend again to you know short bike racers. Uh, we keep talking about uh, our friend uh, Mikey, who's a very short person. He's he's uh, got a bit more mass than me, um, but is is even smaller than me, and you know he, he makes less power than I do. So my my peak power um, on a good day is is actually over a thousand, but um, not not usually at the end of a race. You know his is maybe eight. 900 so it's like 900 something he's Greg, he's placed very well in field sprints so one time i got 10th at a a one two three race at navy yard and my peak power yeah. in the last minute of that race was a sh- little bit over 600 watts <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 there you go exactly like there I've, you go i've got you beaten dan yeah but come not, on and, oh and not and not and not in, not in the good way um but i got i got 10th at cherry blossom uh yesterday and my last minute was under 400 watts well what was your peak well the whole minute what was your peak yeah we're talking about my peak if you want me to pull up my last minute at navy yard i will just to spite you i i i hit 800 watts but all right like, see there you go there you go you're cherry picking information to suit your narrative <laughs> matteo not cool but 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 i also like it was it but no but no but i'm what i'm saying is reinforcing both of your points right like i did <laughs> i did 15 seconds at 570 watts which is very that isn't barely a sprint right and yeah, yeah. For, for for people like you were saying, Dan, like people who say I'm not a sprinter or I don't have a good sprint, so much of uh, being in the right place for those final 200 meters is the work you put in beforehand and the speed you're at when you get there. And the rest of it is just kind of like holding on to the handlebars and trying to get the rest of the way to the finish line. I agree with that. I think and so. If, so yeah, like our... you can, you know, an elite race. You can, if you, if your, if your head is screwed on, you can make, you know, really low power and just do the right moves at the right time and know how to turn your power into speed and walk home with a check in your pocket. Let, let let's just agree that the honest advice for our listeners this week is, even if you're not a sprinter, go sprint. Yeah, it's yeah, don't worry about it. making power. Don't even do that. Don't even train for it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, uh, I don't know. Especially, you know, if you're just starting out, right? Just don't, don't. Kind of say, oh, I'm a sprinter because I'm bigger, and you know, therefore, you know, don't, don't say I'm a climber because I'm little. You know, me and Matteo, I think neither of us have ever really been pure climbers. Um, yeah, and Ben Wolf is a really know, big like, guy, and he goes uphill fast. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I was in that the the uh, elite <coughs> I got dropped out of uh, at Ninigret. Uh, part of why I was dropped was was Ben Wolf decided it was time to play. Uh, <laughs> I was still wrecked from that three four race, and uh, yeah, it's windy. What can I say? It's windy. The wind shifted. I got popped. Ben Wolf didn't. So he didn't win that race though. Well, that's anyway. the, that's. Uh, it's the good thing about bike racing is the strongest guy doesn't always win. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely not. It, but he can certainly make your legs sad. So, you know, the, the people don't need to win uh, in order for them to uh, remove me from the bicycle race. Not that I was ever really in that bicycle race. <laughs> I, de- I, kept really, I definitely kept doing that thing where you're at the back 
well, you don't, you, you maybe don't realize, but you're just like hanging onto wheels and like surfing. You're like, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Like I'm conserving energy, whatever. It's fine. And then you look over your shoulder to like judge your situation. And there's no one there. <laughs> like that's, oh. a, that's a bad spot to conserve energy. Yeah, it's not. It's not always ideal. So uh, we've been going for a while. I don't know. So just, just quickly. Um, so that's how it's going. I don't know. What's the What's the plan? What are you uh, what, What you aiming for? Uh, I guess later in the year, kind of. What What you doing? What you working for? Who's this question? Tar- like, both, who both goes of you. first? Both who of goes you. first, Maddie or Dan? Uh, Dan, why don't Why don't you go first? I propose that we talk over <laughs> each other for a little while, and then we follow it up with a nice period of dead air. <laughs> that well, would be that would be extremely on brand. We're very on brand. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I got my first mountain bike race of the year coming up this Sunday. Um, Ooh, okay. Rattling Creek Marathon is going to be a, a little over thirty miles, about fifty k. Uh, riding over a pile of rocks, so that'll be a nice. Um, shock to the system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then after the weekend after that is the first uh mid-atlantic super series cross-country race which is the exact opposite of rattling creek it's at fair hill and it's you could conceivably do it on a cross bike like it's a very fast pedally race with a lot of group dynamics so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my mountain bike season underway. That's that's what I'm Ooh. looking forward to for sure. All right, all right, Matteo. Uh, I don't really know what I'm targeting this season. I think I'm just going to mm-hmm. race some races and 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 have fun and win some of them. That's my plan. Awesome. What, what happened good, to your uh, UCI track racing aspirations? Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to win those too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just awesome. Just you know, check in. Just making sure. Yeah. Well, so actually, I didn't. I didn't find out recently uh, until recently that there was going to be a UCI season at T Town. When the when the permits came out, they only had one uh, issued, which was strange. Um, oh. But it turns out that there like there are another four on their way, so there's going to be a, a June UCI season, and that's cool. I'm going to give those the old college try again. See if I can uh, see if I can find a little bit more meaning in them this year than I did last year. Yeah, so, uh, all right, and I guess for me, um, my plan is, well, I've been having fun so far. We have actually uh, a really enthusiastic uh, road team right now, which makes it easy to go road races, which is nice. So could do some racing. Last season, I was nursing my body back to health. Now I'm trying to nurse my body back to fitness, basically. Have a little bit of a, a niggling kind of um, injury issue, but um, turns out that I can still pedal, so... So yeah, gonna gonna try mountain biking and ultimately uh, head toward uh, cyclocross season and and have some fun there too. So I'm mean, just I don't know, uh, win sure, uh, win some races. Why not? <laughs> get some think, get some upgrade points. Plan. That would be nice. I think I think some upgrade points on the road would be nice. I you know you, you, it's always hard for me to, to to say you know just because like I said fitness sine wave, um, it, it it's difficult to say kind of where things are gonna go and. Um, you know the climbing, the climbing road races, even as a three, are really hard. <laughs> so, but uh, we're gonna do them. It's gonna be good. All right, uh, we've been going on for a long time now. It's been 
hour 20. But I guess it's been a while since people heard from us. That's okay. I, I do want to tell people that we're coming to them on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, you should head on over to WideAnglePodium.com. Uh, you can go to... Oh, well, there's lots of different shows there that are all really good. Um, the Slow Ride Podcast, We Got to Hang Out. There's, uh, I believe, Crosshairs Radio, to which uh, I think that Dan Shavanoff has been uh, promoted to contributor level uh, <laughs> on that, which is pretty cool. You've been promoted to contributor level or something. Maybe, maybe even... Maybe even co-host uh, level here, so uh, you're moving up in the world. Promotions and... thrown at me left and right. I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming this one comes with a similar pay increase as the one from Crosshairs, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Same, same we're, exact. We're getting you a pay watch, increase. but it's we're getting you a watch, but it's one of those watches from like those ads on Instagram. That's like it's free, just pay two dollars shipping, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It, so it's like uh, it's like the shitty version of the gift uh, Chris Froome buys his teammates when he wins the tour. Oh sure, uh, yeah. Um, don't know what that was. Reference acknowledged, etc. Cool. <laughs> uh, to continue with my uh, Wide Angle Podium read, you should go to Wide Angle Podium slash donate and become a member because uh, you know it's uh, we do this. You can get these shows for free, but. It is some work, and it's not just us that puts in that work. I know Spencer works super hard to keep that network running. Uh, that bandwidth isn't free. There's a lot of shows on there uh, putting up new content all the time that is really good and that you should be putting in your ear holes. So uh, why don't you go on, if you have the means, I highly recommend supporting uh, some of those shows. So again, wideanglepodium.com slash donate. Great, uh, great network. Lots of great podcasts. Uh, I, I think that we might want to wrap up. Boom. That, that sounds good. Dead air. I, I take your dead air as uh, the universal sign of agreement in podcasting. That's what it means. One day we'll, we're going to get a lot tighter at this, I swear. Well, what will happen we... when we're all sitting around a table and we can actually like see each other and provide cues that uh, oh, we can't hear? Hey, speaking of which, we should... Uh, I mean, I, I, I think. Wait, I thought we were up. wrapping up. <laughs> No, 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 we are, we are. Well, wrapping up, it's a process, Dan. It's a process. <laughs> we should really do this on, like, college radio or something. That, then, the, you know, it'd be fine. But, there, you know, who, who needs professionalism, really? But, no, we should, we should uh, at some point, uh, figure, out, figure out how we're all going to be in sort of the same uh, area and, and record a show. I'm hoping to make it out into Philly sometime this summer. Uh, I might go to, uh, in the meantime, uh, Orchard Beach. Uh, in New York, I hear Matteo that you're doing that race. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, Dan. Um, definitely uh, skipping a flat oval. No a flat oval. Yeah, I, it, I, I've done that race before. It's fine. Go do it. But there's, per, I'm gonna guess there's a conflicting mountain bike race that I'd rather go to. Oh yeah, I'm gonna start mountain bike racing this year too. By the way, oh, At come to point. Philadelphia. It's great for mountain biking and other kinds of cycling. <laughs> Philly, it's great for mountain biking and other <laughs> kinds of cycling. Should put that on the tourism board website. I, I'm working on it, man. <laughs> I'm I'm a jerk, <laughs> as we've previously discussed. All right, well, uh, this nope, has been the that's negative self talk. You're a great person, Greg. Oh, thank you, Dan. You're a great person too. That's objectively not true. 
Uh, well, okay. What's this about uh, negative self-talk? Uh, I, I was talking about you. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, All right. So <laughs> we're wrapping up, right? Yeah, we're wrapping up. I got to go. I'm going on a trip, so I got to go pack my bags. Enjoy uh, your vacation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this has been the Honest Bicycle Program. I've been Greg, and I've been joined. And this Bob. is Matteo. <laughs> yes. I've been and will continue to be and still am Dan. Excellent. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll catch you all next time. Good night or good morning. Bye. All right, so we're, we're rolling an ad, an old an ad right now for for. Can I IQ. can I go get a seltzer while this is happening? I I mean literally I'm gonna drop it in, but like you do whatever you want, and <laughs> and we'll still be here when you get back. Well, I need a seltzer. Is that right? <laughs> okay? Go get yourself yeah, yeah, a seltzer. Yeah. This this lacrosse is brought to you by Health IQ. <laughs>